Good morning, family. Great to see everyone this morning, and I want to say first of all to our guests, we appreciate you being here. Once you know that you are welcome here, anytime you have a chance, make sure you come back and see us. We're glad that you're here and a part of our assembly uh, today. Oh, I tell you, I don't know what, I've had several of you comment on this, and I'm sorry. You say, I look, looking at me makes you cold. I did not realize, I put this little, little, little piddly shirt on, and, and, and it was fine. I walked down, out, down the stairs into my, you know, my garage is under my house, so I just walked and got in the truck, and everything was fine. And then I got out over here, and I'm freezing to death, and I'm cold right now, okay? But uh, anyway, it's just one of those days, cold in the Ozarks, but uh, that's, I mean, we got to have winter sometime, I guess, and that's what's going on. But uh, nice warming here. We got the heat going on, and, and, and I'm all for turning it up just a little bit uh, today. Um, but it's just good to be with you. Nice to be with family, uh, be with brothers and sisters, our, you know, people that are trying to live for their Lord and trying to put Him first. And that's a precious thing, and I just want you to know I appreciate you being here today, and I hope we can encourage each other. This morning, the lesson is, is, comes from Matthew chapter 10, and of course, this would probably be fairly familiar wording to you. Whoever confesses me before men, I will confess him before my Father who is in heaven. That's, I assume that that's pretty familiar to everyone. Now, this morning, what I'd like to do is look at that a little bit, what it means to us as God's children because the next part of the verse kind of worries me a little. Well, I shouldn't say it worries me, but I should say it's 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 a very serious part, and that is, of course, whoever denies me before men, him will I also deny before my Father who is in heaven. So I think I need to know what it means to confess Christ, because evidently there's some important things that happen. <laughs> if I confess Christ, God, my Lord does wonderful things. But if I do not confess Christ, or if I deny Christ, then there's tragic things that happen with that. So this morning, that's what I'd like to spend some time talking about. You know, actually, there's a couple of different ways in which we use the word confess. And even in the Bible, you'll find that there's at least two ways in which it's used. Of course, one of them would be, as you probably saw on your television this past week, as you watched some kind of a cop and robber show, that as they caught the bad guy and they were able to coerce him in a lot of different ways, he was finally come to the point that he confessed, right? He said... I did it. I, don't you love how they always get the guy to confess? You know, I, I, can, I, I just can't, you know, who is going to say, yeah, I killed him. Why did you kill him? Well, he had my candy bar. And why, why would you, I mean, anyway, that they get people to confess, I did it, I, I'm guilty, I did it. And, by the way, that is also one of the ways in which the word confess is used in the New Testament. It's the idea of admitting wrong, admitting sin. I did that. That was, that was you know, something, I, I, I confess it. I did that sin. As a matter of fact, there's even uh, one particular place I'm thinking of that James says that we confess our faults one to another. Now, what's interesting about confession of sins to Christ or sins to God is, I mean, just think about it logically for a minute. What would be the silly part about confessing your sins to God? He already knows, right. Okay, so therefore, when we talk about confessing our sins to Christ, it must not be because we are exposing God to some information He didn't know, 
But it must be something more or different than that because, as you mentioned, God already knows that we've, you know, He already knows we're guilty. So we're not really confessing so that God will know. We're confessing for some other reason. And, of course, that would be an acknowledgement. And in this particular case, I'm thinking of what uh, especially John talks about uh, in, in confessing and talking to Christ, asking for forgiveness when we have sinned. Okay, and there's forgiveness that's offered through that. So that, that is a biblical thing. I, I was looking earlier, uh, uh, this idea of confession. There, there are groups that you can confess your sins to a person, and that person will, you know, if, if you'll tell him those things, he will go to God on your behalf. Not needed, family. Brother, is that, is you, you guys agree with that? That's not needed. You, the, thing, the wonderful thing about being a child of God is, is that I don't have to have anybody speak to God on my behalf anymore. I can actually talk to God myself, and I can ask Him for forgiveness, and He offers that. So I don't have to... Uh, matter of fact, I was looking at this idea of confession, and, and there's, even a, there's even an app now you can get on your, on your phone if you want to make a confession, and you know... It's, and you can confess your sins on anyway. Uh, but the idea, but what I want to say is that, of course, that's one of the ways in which confession is used in the New Testament and is used in, in just in general in us using it as far as, uh, you know, conversation, that sort of thing. But particularly in Matthew chapter 10, this idea of confession is different because there's something more that's going along with the idea of confessing that uh, who Christ is. And by the way, this is the idea of acknowledging. Matter of fact, if you're looking right now in Matthew chapter 10, you might find that your version actually uses the word, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father who is in heaven. So there's the idea of acknowledging who Christ is, but, but more than just acknowledging him, saying that you are going to now put him first. You're, you're putting him at the center of your life. So confession, this kind of confession that we're talking about here in Matthew chapter 10, as well as other places in the New Testament, is the idea of acknowledging who Christ is through words, through actions, through the way that, that you present yourself to other people, evidently. Because there, the Bible has many things to say about it. So let's get into it. Let's go to Matthew chapter 10. I'm not going to read all of the, of the chapter there, so I encourage you to turn your Bibles over there and you can look at it. There might be some other things that you'll find in that context that, that will be encouraging to you, so I invite you to read that. Also, um, you might have some questions that come up because of the things that you read there, and I think if you'll read it in context, it will probably take a lot of that out. But I'm going to read some of it. First of all, I'm going to start in verse 16, okay? And, of course, this Jesus doing the talking. He says this, Look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. Be as wary as snakes and as harmless as doves. Be aware, but, 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 but beware, for you will be handed over to the courts and beaten in the synagogues. You must stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. Now, again, we're getting to the idea of what it means to confess Christ. But you notice in the, what, what's happening in the context here. Jesus is saying, not everybody's going to like what you do when you follow me. Matter of fact, they're not going to like what you do if you follow me. This will be your opportunity to tell them, yes, to witness to the world. Okay, now that's, that's part of it. I'm going to skip a couple of verses here and we'll go down to, A student is not greater than the teacher, and a servant is not greater than the master. The student shares in the teacher's fate. 
course, you, get, you know the idea of what he's talking about here, right? We're the student. He's the master. We're going to share in whatever fate, you know, because we're following him. The servant shares the master's fate. And since I, the master of the household, have been called the prince of demons, in other words, they, they said that about me, Jesus says, how much more will it happen to you, the members of the household? In other words, us as followers. But don't be afraid of those who threaten you. I'm going to skip down a little farther. Don't be afraid of those who can kill you. They can only kill your body. They can't touch your soul. Fear only God. Why? Well, he can destroy both the body and the soul in hell. Not even a sparrow worth only a half a penny can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You're more valuable to him than a whole flock of sparrows. In other words, God knows. He knows what's happening, and he cares, okay? But he realizes that this idea of confessing Christ is going to bring some problems and some struggles. But don't worry about it. Don't, don't fear people who can kill a body. What's that going to do? Fear the one who kills the body and the soul in hell or destroys it. Let's go on down. Verse 32. If anyone acknowledge me publicly here on earth, I will openly acknowledge that person before my Father in heaven. But... If anyone denies me here on earth, I will deny that person before my Father who is in heaven. And then he talks more about this idea. He says, don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I didn't. I came to bring a sword. I have come to set a man against his father and a father against her, uh, and a, uh, a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. In other words, people aren't going to get along with you if you're my children. Your enemies will be right there in your own household. If you love your father or mother more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you'll lose it. But if you'll give up your life for me, you'll find it. I thought it important to read most of that chapter, Matthew chapter 10. The reason being, I think in that, we, just, we discover what it means to confess Christ. And it's something you'll do at work this week. It's something you'll do when you go to school tomorrow. School is in tomorrow, right? I think it's a holiday for a lot of people. but No, it's not. Tuesday, when you go to school, you will or you won't, determining on what you decide in your life, confess Christ. Because evidently, confessing Christ means you put Him at, your, at the center of your life. He is, he is acknowledged through the way that you act, through the things that you say, through your proclamation that you believe in God. But more than that, it's through the way that you conduct yourself all the time. Because evidently, when I read this, what I see is when you do this, people aren't going to like it. People outside of Christ, they're not going to like the way you're living. They're not going to like the things you're doing. And so therefore, you will, and I hate to use the word persecuted, because, you know, that, that's kind of difficult for us to, you know, what are you, persecuted? Oh, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to grasp on that word. But the idea is, you will not be embraced by those, uh, certainly not by everyone, but you will not be embraced by those outside of Christ, at least not completely i got to get my thing. Dropped it. A couple things I thought about. First of all, confession brings persecution. I think that's the number one thing that I find as I read through there. It's, that's the way it happens. Now, I'm talking about true confession. That's more than just saying, oh yeah, I believe in God. 
You can say that and it really won't make much difference. Because people that you talk to, they say, well, I believe in whatever. Or they'll say, I believe in God. They'll just say, well, I don't believe in God. And you'll say, woohoo, okay. And you go on, okay. But it's different when you're in this idea of biblical confession. Well, I mean, really putting Christ first and acknowledging Him in all of your ways. When that happens, you're not just saying, yeah, I believe in God. You are putting that into practice in everything that you do. And when that happens, the people at your workplace notice it. You guys agree with that? The people at your school notice it. I mean, you will stand out. You will be different. Because Christ in this world is different. I mean, it looks different. Uh, A Christ life, one that is following Him, is definitely opposed to the life that people live outside of Christ. And so with that being the case, confession brings persecution. I thought about this verse. This is John chapter 12, 42 to 43 says this. At the same time, even many of the, among the leaders believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogues. The religious place. Did you guys you find that interesting? That's, that's wild, right? But it, in other words, they were ever fearing it from the religious people. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't, they wouldn't proclaim their faith in Christ because they were afraid. And to push that a little further, you read that last part? What I'm afraid that sometimes I do, maybe you do. I had no idea what I was in high school. So you guys listen to this real close if you are in high school. For they love the praise of men more than the praise from God. I was, too, I, I was much more interested in the way I would be accepted or uh, included by people than I was by God. Now, I look back on that and I say, what are you doing? What were you doing? How could you have felt that way? And yet, even today, I find myself, am I going to be hesitant about proclaiming my faith? Am I going to hide that from someone else? Because when I do... I'm just loving the praise of men more than the praise of God. Confession is something that, well, it just, some people wouldn't do it because they were just afraid. Also, I noticed that they, some didn't. Some some actually said they believed in God, but as I looked through the New Testament, it it didn't last. They got scared. Things happened, and because of that, they either fled or denied Him. Mark chapter 14, verse 50. You guys ever read this before? This is, this is actually when he was being betrayed by Judas in the garden. Things were happening right there and all that was going on. And this is what happened to Jesus' followers. All of Jesus, then all. Did you guys read that before? I, I, I thought, well, you know, sure, there were some people that were, you know, would, would, have, would have ran away. But as I read this, what I found is all of Jesus' followers ran away and left him. Every one of them. Now, I do know that at the cross there were a few that, that stayed there, right? There were, I mean, there, were, there were some that acknowledged him with their life and, and not just, you know, with words and, and actions and everything. And, and they were there at the cross. But most of them, most of them wouldn't do that. Confession in Christ will bring opposition. Ah. You guys like that word a little better? Opposition instead of persecution? Maybe that's a little bit much for us to comprehend in 2020. Are we going to be persecuted for our belief? Well, maybe we should say that people aren't going to like it. Okay, We'll meet some opposition when it comes to our commitment to Christ. 
confession, evidently, is one of those things that if you really do it, not everybody's going to like it. Also notice about confession that there is in the Bible, you will find it oftentimes associated or talked about right along with salvation. You guys, you guys ever read that? I mean, there's several verses that talk about it. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, 9 and 10 says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord, and you believe with your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you are confess, that you confess and are saved. In other words, there's this idea 